0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. More information about LifeHouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Today, we are in a relationship series. We do this every year. Always wanna to touch on the thing that matters the most, let's be honest, to all of us. And relationships uh, always will impact us whether positively or negatively. We pray it's always a positive experience for all of us. Uh, And I I sincerely believe that God's got something to say to people in this room. Now, if you are single in this room, okay, uh, God's got something to say to you. I really believe that. But you know, if you're a parent and you've got children, okay, then you want to listen up also today. And uh, if you're already married, uh, you, you need to listen to this because maybe you can work out where you went wrong. Just kidding, just joking, guys. Let me start off by saying, you know, when we're talking to singles, I know sometimes they can feel like they're like, you know, the lepers of our society or something, you know, (laughs) right? Go easy. It's just a season of your life. And and I want to highly recommend that you really enjoy that season of your life. Because see, I, I get to stand up here and I get to see what people are thinking and what they're doing. And I'm not what they're thinking, but I can just see the look on their faces. And I know that for some of you singles, you're, you're sort of sitting back there and, and, and you're looking at, at a mum over there. And she's got a little baby on her shoulder and, and she's sort of, you know, and, I, and I'm looking at your face and you're like, man, I just I can't wait to have that little baby, and and, you know, there's this look of envy, and you just can't wait. It's almost like you want to hurry your life to get to that place, but what you can't see is I'm looking at that mum, looking at a single, going, gee, I wish I had that single life again, man. I wish I could just... And honestly, you can see people just looking around the room, everywhere, everywhere, and you know what, sometimes you can wish your own life away. It's just so important to enjoy the season that you're in and really fulfill it. And, you know, we, we, we've got to be careful that we don't start to subscribe to the world's way of thinking about relationships and romance and so forth. Because, you know, let me make this statement to you. You know, the Bible says that you are complete in Christ. right? Have, have a look, Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10 it says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Anyone else believe that today? Okay, and then it says, so you also are complete through your union, not with a human, but with Christ. So as you sit there, you are fully complete, not because of the person sitting beside you, or for some of you, you don't have that person, but you are complete in Christ. We can't listen to Mr. Tom Cruise when he says, you complete me. Sounds great, but that's not true. A human being doesn't complete you, they compliment you. Amen. So you are complete in Christ. Jesus was complete and he was single. The apostle Paul was complete and he was single. So as you sit right there in your little space, God says to you, you know, you are fully complete. Yeah. Amen. And you've got to believe that. So we're going to speak into this today. So come on, bow your heads with me. Father, thank you for every person in this place today. Lord, I'm believing that you will build our lives. That Lord, you, we will walk out of this place knowing more, And we know that that truth then sets us free. And so God, we want the relationships you have planned for us in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Can we give the new people in the room a huge round of applause one one more time? This is the second most important decision you will ever make in your life, who you choose to marry, single people. The most important decision of your life, of course, we know, is letting Jesus into your life. That's, right. that's, that's the most important. I was talking to a young person recently, and they were talking about relationships. And I just said, hey, listen, young man, we were in a bus together, traveling backwards and forwards from a conference. And I was sitting next to this young guy. I said, can, can, I just, can I just say one thing to you? He said, sure, Pastor Rich, yeah, yeah. And his dad was sitting on the other side of him. And I said, listen, you know, when, I, when, I, when I'm putting a shirt on, you know, the only button I've got to really worry about is the, is, is the first button. Yeah. If I get the first button right, you know, I don't even have to look at the rest of the buttons. They just all naturally line up. Everything just yeah. works. Everything yeah. just matches. Everything's absolutely fine. As long as I get the right, the top button right. If I mismatch the first one, then did you know, you know what happens, don't you? Everything else is out of skew. And, and if I do try and fix it later on, then I end up with a big bulge because the first one's not right. I challenge you, listen, get Jesus into your life. When you get Jesus into your life, he helps you make great decisions for the rest of your life. When you get the top button right, that's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means seek, seek God first and his way of doing things. Then what happens is when you get that button right, everything else just seems to work out fine. Amen. But when that's not right, and we're trying to do things our own way, making our own judgments, using our own wisdom, the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, that ends up in death. So come on, let's get that right first. And so I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to ask Jesus into their life, if you've never done that before, at the end of this service. So I'm going to welcome you. It's the second most important decision of your life to choose someone that God has for you. Now, this year is the year of life on purpose. Are you enjoying that? Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm finding people are discovering God actually does have a purpose for life. Don't just, don't just wander through life. Have a purpose. Right. And, and, and I want to tell you right now, Do you know, God has a purpose for relationships. He actually has. Actually, I'm going to suggest to you that if you find the right person for your life, it will help your purpose in life. Because God wants to bring you together with somebody to help you achieve what God has called you to, and wait for it, also God has called you to to be in a relationship with someone to help you obey what he wants you to stay away from. So it's the to and to stay away from. That's what a great relationship does. You see here in Genesis chapter two, verses 16 and 17, this is God speaking to Adam. And Adam at this point in time was on his own. And it says, But the Lord God warned him, Adam, you may freely eat the fruit of, the, of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So God's giving him some purpose and God's giving him some boundaries. Okay, so God's saying, okay, if this guy doesn't obey me, he's going to die. And God's very next thought in Genesis 18, uh, chapter 2, verse 18, it says, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. God has that thought when he tells Adam that there is something that he could do that could possibly ruin the purposes of God for his life. So God says, listen, if you do this, You're going to win, but if you don't do it, you're going to really lose. And God's next thought is, I've got to give him a partner. Friends, that's what relationships are. Helping you live your purpose for God and to stay away from the things that are going to derail you from your purpose. Amen. That's what a relationship is. That's what it is. That's why God invented this. By the way, it is a God thing. We know that, right? Marriage isn't something that man made up. God made this up. So let's talk about this. How do you find the one? The one, well, point one, there isn't the one. There are many the ones. Amen? This whole, but there's one soulmate for me. Well, what if, what if that person got it wrong? That they're going to they're gonna put the whole universe out of order. No, no, there are many the ones. But there is a checklist that God would ask you to go through. So parents, help your kids go through that Checklist. Single people, go through the checklist. We're going to talk about some of them today. But let me just start off by saying this. Did you know that if you are 21, 18, 33, however old you are, your partner is alive and well. They're out there right now. They're probably sitting beside you. Who knows where they are? But listen, your partner is alive and well, right? If you're 22, you're not going to marry an unborn baby. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That'd be pretty weird right now, right? So if you're 22, you're 25, you're 26, whatever, however old you are, 36, 54, your partner is alive and well. So why don't you pray for them every day? Pray for them every day. Father God, do you know who my partner is. It's not like God goes, yeah, I wonder who they're going to marry. See, this is a mystery to me. Yeah. You're the only person in the whole universe that God doesn't know about. Now, God knows who you're going to marry. So why can't you be praying? Pray, pray that they would prosper. Pray that they would give their life to Jesus. Pray that they would be making great life decisions. Pray they're, pray they're buying a house or two, or three. Pray, pray that they're not getting themselves into debt. Pray, pray for them right now. And then, when you finally meet them one day, you can say, you know, I knew I loved you before I met you, <laughs> hey? You could even sing that song. You know there's gonna be a whole lot of songs coming out today, right? You realize It's a relationship series, we're gonna just go from one song to another here. So what do we do first, listen. Your partner's out there. We're going to be praying for them. So what do you do while you're waiting? Please build a better you. Please build a better you. Matthew 22, uh, verse 39, it says, Jesus is talking. He says, listen, the second law that I've got for you guys, he says it's equally important. And he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do you know you can't love someone more than you love yourself? you can't outdo your source. If you don't love yourself very much, you will not love your partner very much. Actually, when I see in someone that they don't love themselves very much, I feel sorry for their new partner because it's like, that's going to be the level of love that you're going to be able to give. Because Jesus said, we are to love people as we love ourselves. So listen, learn to love yourself a lot. Now, we're not talking about that ugly, oh, that guy loves himself. No, we're talking about the the, the person who respects themselves. If you don't respect yourself, then you'll date anyone and anything. But when you start to love yourself, you won't tolerate trash. You won't tolerate trash talk. You won't tolerate trash behavior because there'll be something inside you that says, I don't deserve that because I love myself. I'm a child of God. God loves me. My parents love me. I've got great friends. I don't deserve to have someone who doesn't love me. So love yourself first. Learn to love yourself. Discover your value. Discover your worth. Discover how much God loves you. And then as you learn to love yourself, listen, forgive yourself. Do you know sometimes the person that we speak to the worst is ourself. I would never say to somebody if they made a mistake, mate, you are such an idiot. I I haven't, I haven't said that in years to anybody. But yet when I make a mistake, I say it to myself all the time. Why? Why am I treating other people better than what I treat myself? So you know what? When I make a big mistake, I go, buddy, you're so awesome. I know you laugh, but I actually do this, bro. Your heart's good. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that, but gee, you're a good guy. Some of you thinking, really? Yeah, because if I don't do that, then how will I do it for her? If I'm constantly mean to myself, you know what? Eventually, I'll get so used to it that when it comes out of me, I won't even notice. But when I'm come on, be kind to yourself. Tell the person beside you, I am awesome. Yeah, I am. I'm awesome. I'm cool. Okay, let's get serious now. Church, people, listen, friends, if you're here for the first time, please don't expect a relationship to fill the gaping void in your own life. Please don't do that. Please don't put your partner under that type of pressure. Why, why do I say pressure? Because it is impossible for them to fill the gaping void in your life. My wife can never fulfill the, the hole that was in me. There was a hole in every single one of us. Jesus, one day when he was talking to a woman at the well, he said, woman, give me a drink. And she says, oh, but well, you know, there's, there's a well here. And, 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 and Jesus talks about this, this water that was in the well. And then he says to the woman, woman, you know, this water here, when you drink it, he says, it'll satisfy you for a moment. He says, but then you'll become thirsty again. He said, but woman, if you drink of me, you will never be thirsty. Listen to what he's saying. Listen, do you know, as, a, as, as a, the second part of this relationship, the other half of this relationship, you know, there are moments when I can give Helen and she can give me some water that will, it's just, it's a nice conversation. It's a nice deed. But do you know, do, do you notice how the water runs out very quickly? You know, no matter what you do for your partner, it's just like a little drink of water. What Jesus said we ought to do is get the living water that flows up from the inside. And when you're, when you're a person where you're getting your happiness, your joy, your fulfillment from Jesus himself, he plugs up that hole. Now when my wife gives me a little bit of water, it's like, this is, so, this is like the cherry on top. It's not the, it's not the sustaining love that I need. I, listen, I get my love from Jesus I get my love from God. Whatever I get from my kids, from you guys, Pastor Richard, you're great. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But when you've got the gaping hole, no matter what you say to me, it will, I will constantly feel depressed. It's like, you don't love me, but Pastor Richard was so kind to you, but you don't love me. That's a sign of someone who's got a bottomless pit that hasn't been filled yet. Come on, we need to take some pressure off our relationships, find our happiness in Jesus. And whatever we get from our partners, our friends, our family, that's just the added bonus. Give someone a, I'll give the Lord a round of applause. Come on. Find your happiness in Jesus. Find your happiness in Jesus. He promises he can make you happy. He says he promises to give you a rich and satisfying life. A human can't do that, friends. So we've got to not expect people to do that. Single people, if you're a half depressed, negative, self-doubting, single person, you're going to be a half-depressed, negative, self-doubting, single person who's married one day. That's why I say just build, build a better you. This is a statement that I've made many times. I'm going to say it again. Friend, your partner is not meant to be your hope. They are meant to be your help. Our hope is in Jesus. Yeah, you should write that one down. It's a really good quote, by the way. Your partner is not to be your hope. They are to be your help. Guys, go on a journey to be happy. Do you know, I'll I'll show you an article that says this about happiness. It says, the reasons why happiness is the most attractive quality. If you're in a room full of people and you're thinking, gee, I really want a partner in my life, you sitting over on a couch looking really sad thinking that that's going to somehow draw someone over to you because they're going to feel sorry for you. i better go talk to that girl. She looks so sad. That's not a great way to start a relationship. No, no. People should look at you and go, wow, look at that. Their life looks like a bundle of fun. Look how much fun they're having and they're all by themselves, just right there, just behind that counter, having a whole lot of fun all by themselves. You know what? If I get next to that person, maybe some of their happiness will rub off on me. Happiness is a very attractive quality. That's true. I spoke to a couple recently and, you know, the whole toasted sandwiches um, wasn't, wasn't happening much in the relationship. And I said to the girl, why, is there a reason why? She goes, he comes home so sad, so sad all the time, you know, expecting me to go, honey, I know what I should do. Let's go to the bedroom. That'll make you happy, won't it? But she goes, but it repulses me. I don't really, but she goes, when he comes home and he's like, she's like, get in that bedroom. I don't want to sort you. Now, if you're single, don't listen to any of what I've just said there, right? (laughs) Just wait for a moment. But listen, happiness is a very attractive quality. It's a very, now that doesn't mean you can't sort of talk honestly with your partner and so forth, but if you're constantly sad, okay, it's not not very attractive, friends. So come on, work on a better you. Amen? Are we there? Okay. Point number two, please do not go shopping hungry. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Don't go shopping hungry. Some of us who are trying to trying to keep those KGs off, you don't go to KFC absolutely starving to death. Right? Don't, just don't go near a Coles. Right? When you're hungry, you'll find yourself filling up that thing with just Chiquito bars. I don't even make them anymore, but you'll somehow find them. You will find yourself putting junk into that trolley because you're hungry. But you know, when you're completely full, you can make really good decisions. And you know what? When when, when you go looking for a partner, don't go shopping hungry. Don't go shopping desperate because you will bring stuff home that you shouldn't be bringing home. Amen. Make some great decisions by being as full as you constantly can be in Jesus. Amen. Amos chapter three, verse three says something very interesting to us. And it says this can two people walk together without agreeing on a direction? Can two people walk together? Now, this is where I'm going to rattle some people's cages. Are you okay with that? Can I, can I rattle you a little bit? Okay. The apostle Paul made it pretty clear, hey, listen, if you're a Christian and you're looking for a life partner, it'd be really wise for you to find a Christian. Why? Because how can two people walk together if you don't agree on a direction? Do you know, when you are a Christian, you are making certain decisions about your kids, where they can go, where they can't go, what sort of schools, where you're gonna live, decisions you're gonna make, things you're gonna have in your home, where you choose to live. Do you know, Christianity impacts every area of your life. And when you are choosing a life partner, the Apostle Paul said, don't, don't find someone who's an unbeliever. Not because he doesn't love unbelievers, he's trying to reach them all the time. He's just saying, listen, it's gonna confuse your kids. Come on, make a decision. He says it pretty clearly. Have a look at what he says. In 1 Corinthians, no, the, the, the next one, guys, Corinthians, he says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. I mean, I think he's being serious. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Now, listen, this is not a judgmental statement. What this is saying is there ought to be peace. Do you know the unbeliever also deserves to live in a rela- have a relationship that's got peace in it? And do you know, when I find two unbelievers come together, do you know they actually have a good relationship because they've got the same values, they've got the same ethics, they've got the same—they're they're walking together. I'm, I'm not saying one is better than the other. All I'm saying is it's—it's it's, it's problematic when you've got people that have got two different philosophies going on. Yeah. Now, friends, hear my heart. There's no judgment. I know some of you are in the room right now, and you've—and that's—and that's the case right now. All I'm saying is the Apostle Paul is saying, "Wow, well, well, you better be really careful then how you choose to how you choose to live life." Okay, friends. God wants you to stay together forever. Amen. That's His plan. And when you agree on a direction, it makes things really, really clear for the both of you. When I was looking for a life partner, I was six or seven. Uh, six, six or seven. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was sixteen or seventeen before I started sort of lifting up my eyes and seeing. Okay, what's going on around here? And there was a few young ladies here and there, and it was all that, and ba-ba-ba-bim, and hello, how are you going? And, but you know, I knew that I was going to pastor a church one day. Well, I wasn't wrong. Yeah. 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 I wasn't wrong, right? I wasn't sort of, you know, blowing it out in my mind. So I thought, I better find a girl that sort of also wants to serve God. And I spoke to a couple of young ladies, very beautiful girls, but you know what? They, they didn't want to be a senior pastor's wife. They didn't want that pressure. So you know what? I didn't force the issue, and I just moved on. And I just moved on, and then I found the bee. A bee, a bee, a bee, a bee. Ooh, baby. Do you know, God had to fully import it for me from Sydney, because there was just no, nothing no. going on here in, the, in, in, in Melbourne.